Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. We've made it to Friday. Welcome into the Friday edition of our program. Let's take a look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, in just a few moments, we've got a lot of headlines to get to for this Friday show, so uh, plenty of things with IU basketball, a lot of IU football stuff today as well that we'll cover in the opening segment, and then a whole slew of different high school notes from the week. And speaking of high school and baseball tonight, the uh, New Albany at Jennings County, Hoosier Hills Conference baseball championship game will be in North Vernon for that game. And the airtime first pitch is 6 o'clock. We'll be on with pregame coverage around 5.50 p.m. But that is not going to air here on the Big X because of Louisville Bats baseball. That game tonight will be available on 9.70 a.m. Again, 9.70 a.m. for the Hoosier Hills Conference baseball championship game tonight there's a streaming platform available online so just like when you're listening to the big x plenty of ways to tune in for our high school baseball coverage tonight big hoosier hills conference championship game will we have a local team win it jeff has dominated the hhc now uh five years in a row they've won the tournament they were eliminated earlier in the week we'll tell you more about some of the other HHC matchups here in just a bit, but uh, can New Albany hang on and uh, keep it here in the River Cities side of the Hoosier Hills Conference? We'll have that call tonight on 970 a.m. Also, later in the show, Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's always with us uh, Fridays. We talk a lot of IU basketball and football with him, and Dylan's right there in Seymour as well, the Jennings County area. We'll talk a bit about the Hoosier Hills Conference tournaments this week. Uh, I know Dylan has been out out and about covering a lot of the different high school events related to the conference this week. Later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star scheduled to be with us. We've got Indiana All-Stars to talk about. We've had some college commitments from the area to talk about. It's going to be a busy time in the month of June. We get back to some high school basketball, believe it or not. And the baseball state tournament is just around the corner. So lots to get to with Kyle Neddenrip later in the show today. And that's the lineup. That's what we're going to do today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go. And curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And just a couple announcements. I reminded you already about the HHC Conference Championship game tonight on 970 a.m., and I'll continue to do so. But the Thornton's text line is open. 
uh, send me a text, a question, a comment, a thought, a complaint, uh, whatever you want to send. 502-414-1450 is that number. All you got to do is type it in your phone and type a message and hit send. 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And as we get into the show today, a reminder that the Big X Sports Radio golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round. Visit BigXSportsRadio.com and click on Golf Card or call 812-725-1457. Let's get into our headlines for today. And if you're a basketball guy like me, this was good news. There was a Twitter account uh, that was launched earlier in the week uh, saying that IU is going to have a TBT, that's the basketball tournament team, in the upcoming tournament this summer. Now, that is the $2 million winner-take-all uh, big money package. Uh, it, it gained a lot of popularity after the first year. It now is uh, live, a lot of it on ESPN and that family of networks. And a lot of the teams are like the overseas pros. It's primarily guys that have played overseas. There's all sorts of different ways to group or, or teams that are organized. There Recently, over the last few years, have been a lot of teams that are kind of alumni-based teams where the team is made up of mainly or all players that played for a certain school or have some pretty good connections to a certain school. But IU has never been one of those teams. Uh, Indiana will be one of those teams this season. The team is going to be called Assembly Ball, B-A-L-L. I like it. And the uniform design was uh, released earlier in the week. And so far, we only officially know one player that's going to be on the roster, Devontae Green, former IU player under, uh, I guess, what, Tom Crean and Archie Miller is uh, going to be on the team. And I don't know yet who's organizing all this. The team will have to have uh, kind of like a coach and administrator and uh, so we'll find out more. Is this is this going to be a Tom Crean era team uh, of players from that time frame, or or how this is going to work? But at least this summer there'll be some IU connections on uh, to watch in the uh, two million dollar the basketball tournament that's coming up in the summer. Uh, there have been some players play. Will Sheehy comes to mind. I know Jordan Hall's played for a team, Christian Rodford, Mo Creek as well. Uh, but again, they, they were just random teams. They weren't teams that were associated with uh, with IU as far as an alumni. So uh, that will be good. That gets started in the middle of July. There are regional tournaments that you've got to win, and then there's a quarterfinal round after that, and then the uh, semifinal and championships are going to be played uh, over a weekend, a long weekend in Dayton, Ohio. So we'll see uh, how this Indiana team shapes up, who's on the roster, who's going to coach them, and uh, can they uh, win $2 million? That's quite the prize package ahead uh, a little bit later this summer. Also, some, I think, good and bad news for IU football. I'll start with the good news. I thought this earlier in the week. I heard the ACC, there's been reports that the ACC is going to get rid of their divisions, uh, the what the Coastal and the Atlantic Division maybe. I can't remember what they call the two divisions in the ACC conference. The NCAA, their football oversight committee, recommended earlier this week that conferences no longer be required to have divisions to be eligible to hold a conference championship game. And now this uh, 
uh, Oversight Committee has passed it along to the Division I Council that is set to vote on this as soon as next week. So uh, there have been reports out there that uh, people believe this rule will pass. And there have been mentioned the Iowa athletic director earlier in the year, uh, right after the bowl season, he, he was on record saying the Big Ten was looking at getting rid of divisions. But we all know uh, the East Division of the Big Ten Conference is a real chore for IU and other teams. And uh, the East has been way better than the West Division. You just have to, if you need proof of that, how that can affect a conference in a conference championship game, uh, look at the championship game. Number three, Michigan took on number 12, Iowa. And because of the divisional format, number seven ranked Ohio State uh, was at home to watch and uh, not participate in the conference championship game. So obviously a win in that game, in that uh, playoff, in that uh, divi- the uh, conference championship, I should say, likely, very likely, would have sent Ohio State to the uh, final four of college football, the college football playoff. So I am all for divisions going out in college football, uh, especially with how important conference championship games are uh, because of the college football playoff format. I'm all for the college football playoff expanding, uh, but I'm all for divisions going out the door. I think you get the best two teams normally squaring off in a conference is how it should work out. And I think ultimately it helps Indiana uh, as far as the conference standings go and as far as uh, the, their opportunity to win a conference uh, championship if they could ever get back to that level uh, like they were a few seasons ago, probably the closest that they've been in many, many years. So um, definitely good news, I think, for IU football. Now, I guess you could call this bad news. Uh, I ran across something yesterday. Uh, and it was a, a guy named, uh, uh, I think it's Mike Farrell. He follows the NCAA college football transfer portal, uh, MikeFarrellSports.com. Uh, he said, Power 5 schools that have seen the most scholarship players enter the portal since August 1st. Uh, that is uh, uh, Maryland with 27, Indiana with 25, Florida State, Arizona, Michigan State behind them with 23, and I won't go further because that's uh, outside of Minnesota who was tied for six. That's all the Big Ten schools in the top schools with the most transfer portals. So I read a story. Some of that could be because obviously there's turnover, there's disgruntled players. IU didn't have the season that they were expected to have last season with all the buildup. But another part of it could be caused from the fact that the NCAA allowed you to have Uh, over the number of scholarship players during the pandemic. And then IU and other programs have had to really back out of that number. So uh, some players have had to go to the portal. There's just no other option for them. So I did think that was interesting. Indiana right there is second in the country with uh, 25 players that have entered the transfer portal. So, uh, again, not a a good number, not a a stat that you can really measure, I don't think, in too much detail because of the pandemic and the over-scholarship numbers that were allowed there temporarily. But it does kind of make you wonder, you know, uh, not the season IU football hoped for last season, uh, some disappointing moments on the field, that's for sure. And then, obviously, some players into the portal, some probably that had to go, some that needed to go, wanted to go, and others that if you're an IU fan, a football fan, you you didn't want to see under the transfer portal. But that's where things stand 
for IU football. Handful of high school sports notes to pass along. It's been a busy week uh, for spring sports with Hoosier Hills Conference tournaments throughout the week. I saw that Floyd Central last night took home the Hoosier Hills Conference Track and Field Championship. They won eight of 16 events last night uh, to claim the HHC crown. Also, a consolation Hoosier Hills Conference baseball game uh, pitted Floyd Central and Jeffersonville against each other. Floyd Central won that game by a score of 5-2. to two. The winning pitcher last night was Jake Thompson uh, for Floyd Central as they get a nice win in the consolation round. Of course, the bracket a little different this year as far as everybody used to play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no matter if you won or lost. Everybody got three games. But when the bracket went to seven teams, that threw things off a little bit as far as that uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday circuit goes. But Jeff and Floyd playing last night and Floyd getting uh, the win over the Red Devils 5-2. to two. Also, Mid-Southern Conference, a lot of their uh, conference events have been this week as well. And Charlestown, the Pirates, won the Boys Track and Field uh, Mid-Southern Conference Championship for the first time in 33 years. So a big uh, deal there for Charlestown to win that. And great to see some of the spring sports uh, really getting ramped up with sectionals just around the corner. And again, when you get to June, it's basically all done except for some local baseball and softball teams that uh, have an opportunity to uh, move on in the state tournament. Things will really slow down as far as high school sports goes. Then we'll be talking about football. Football gets really ramped up this summer. There's some summer basketball where they play as a high school, a school group in the month of June. Uh, But uh, we'll be thinking a lot about football. That'll be the next sport on deck uh, coming up here in August when folks return to school. Also, this isn't IU or Southern Indiana, but I thought it was interesting. I know you've probably seen it all over the news. Uh, Very interesting to see Doug Davenport at Bellarmine, the son of Scotty Davenport, named as the coach-in-waiting. Now, according to reports, according to the Bellarmine Athletic Director, Coach Davenport, Scotty Davenport, has no imminent plans to retire, but the school going out and uh, naming Doug as the follower to his father, Scotty, when that time comes, when he's ready to retire. I thought that was very interesting. Obviously, the hope, the plan is there by Bellarmine to continue the momentum that I think Bellarmine has with basketball, but also in the city of Louisville and Scott's reputation as far as being a promoter and being a speaker and being someone that really has become a leader for Louisville in general. But interesting to see Doug get an opportunity to take over this uh, program that his father has done so much to help here since they've uh, since he's been there, and of course the latest getting to Division One and then winning in year two the Atlantic Sun Championship and kind of keeping an eye in the background as well. Will this rule this four year? You got to sit out even if you win your conference championship rule. You can't go to the NCAA tournament. I forget the period they call it a transitional type period. But there's been talks that that might end and that uh, you might be able now uh, to go to the NCAA tournament if you win your conference, if you earn that spot. And so for Bellarmine, they've got a group coming back next year. <clears throat> going to look a little different than the past season, but maybe they could make a run this time, get in the NCAA tournament. That would be the next step, I think, for Scotty Davenport and for the Bellarmine basketball program. And 
They continue to recruit Southern Indiana very closely. They continue to have a good Southern Indiana representation on their roster. And I think it'd be neat to see that continue as Bellerman uh, moves through the Division I ranks and hopefully continues to, to climb up that ladder and have success ultimately getting to the NCAA tournament a few years down the road, maybe at the most. Uh, that's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. High school baseball tonight, not on the Big X because of Louisville Bats baseball. It will be on 970 a.m. You can join us about 550. That's when we'll be on with our pregame report. And first pitch, New Albany at Jennings County, 6 p.m. tonight. The winner takes home the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship for this 2022 season. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune is with me next. We'll talk IU basketball and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Friday program, and don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. With me right now is Dylan Wallace. He's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and we're going to talk some IU football to switch things up out of the gate, then get into IU basketball and maybe a little high school sports Hoosier Hills Conference style a little bit later in this segment as well. Dylan, uh, for IU football, I think one of the more positive things I've seen here in the offseason season is the NCAA making a recommendation, the Football Oversight Committee, to the Division I Council that uh, college conferences no longer need to have divisions to have a, college, a conference championship. And we know uh, how lopsided things are in the Big Ten, from the East Division to the West Division. I think this helps IU and many other teams in the East Division as well if this becomes official and if the Big Ten follows suit. It would be awesome, uh, especially for IU football, um, because, I mean, when you just look at it, as you said, the East is just stacked. I mean, you have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, more often than not, those four teams could very well be the top four teams in the conference. And then you have, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa on the west side that uh, are, you know, pretty good, but aren't always at the top of the top. So, I mean, it would, it would be huge, and, you know, for Indiana, that would be great because it means, you know, you might not have to play all, all those schools every single year. You might, you know, maybe one year you don't have to play at Penn State, and you instead you're playing in, in Illinois more frequently, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it would be it would be beneficial, I think, because it, it's just so lopsided. And I know people have kind of had issues with, with how the divisions are split up in the Big Ten a lot. Um, because it's just it's just kind of crazy at, at how different they are at how stacked the east side is. So if they are able to to, to do away with that, um, I think it would help out a, a lot of different teams. Um, you know, it could make it easier on some other teams, like it, like in Indiana, it could make it harder on other teams. You know, you just never know. But you know, I, I think it'd probably be for the best because the way the division is set up right now is just kind of just kind of odd and weird and you know I, I know a lot of people haven't been uh, fond of it for a long time now so you know hopefully they're able to, to kind of make an adjustment to that and figure it out um, because 
yeah, it's just it's just it's just tough. And I know for Indiana, I mean, yeah, you, you every year, you know, it's always funny whenever, uh, you know, like it, it like I see examples of like Nebraska's schedule comes out. They're like, oh, it's so unfair. We have to play like Ohio State and Penn State this season, and then Indiana fans are like, yeah, we play them every single year, plus Michigan, plus you know Penn State and and you know Michigan State, and, and you know they'll probably give us an Iowa too on the schedule. So uh, it'd be beneficial uh, for the Hoosiers for sure if that's able to go away with it, um, because yeah, I mean it's. You know, you're looking down the barrel of about, you know, four games each year that, that could be very losable if you're not on the top of your game, um, you know, and then we saw that kind of come to fruition a lot last year and then probably last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be huge news for the Big Ten especially. And then, you know, it'd probably make for a little bit more intriguing conference title games as well because, you know, instead of Ohio State beating, you know, an Iowa or a Michigan or something like that in the Big Ten title game, you know, you could have – Ohio, this is the top two teams, so it could be Ohio State, Penn State, or something. You know, something a little bit even more evenly matched. You know, in Indianapolis for the trophy at the end of the season, um, because you know, for a while, I think the East has kind of ran away with it uh, in the divisions for the Big Ten title. So that that would also help that regard as well, and probably make those title games a little more exciting. And uh, you know, who knows what it'll do for the playoff and things like that. But we'll just see. But I think it'd be for the best that they're able to kind of get rid of those two divisions and put everyone just together and, and make up a schedule that way. And Dylan, as you kind of touched on with IU, I think it helps the Big Ten conference season as a whole. I'm a Big Ten football guy. I like watching Big Ten football. I don't watch a ton of SEC like some people or whatever the big game, the Saturday night game of the week is. I'd rather watch a Big Ten game. And I think it will create so much more balance, not just for Indiana, but for all the schools, even in the regular season schedule, not being locked into that pattern of playing those East Division teams. So I think it could be, as you said and touched on, really good overall for Big Ten football. Yeah, I think it will be. You know, obviously it's not just Indiana. You know, a program like Maryland or maybe even Rutgers who have started to play a little bit better, who's starting to get better recruits, you know, they're getting a little bit more talented. You know, you know they're in the same boat Indiana is, is having to play those really tough teams in the East. And, you know, if it's split up a little bit, maybe there's a little bit more parity in the league, you know, if, if teams can, you know, maybe maybe a couple teams midway through the season are all kind of hovering around the same record in the middle. And, you know, things can get really interesting there. And, you know, obviously the best teams will still be the best teams. But I think for some of the other teams, you know, the ability to try to try to have good seasons or even just make a bowl game, you know, I think it helps the Big Ten in that regard because it might make it easier for some of those teams to, to get into a bowl game, to get those six wins, you know, that might be a little bit harder if, if they're only on the east side of the, in the division and, and playing those tough teams. So I think it would help a lot. Um, it can, As you said, it could balance things out a little bit more, um, probably give us some more intriguing matchups. Things could matter a little bit more heading down the stretch of the season in terms of record and where people could place and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't. I think it's just for the best that they're able to do that because you know, like the way it's set up now, as I said, I mean, it's just just kind of weird and it's it's always lopsided. And you know, I think I don't know the number, but it's like a, I think it's like a ridiculous amount of years that the East has won the Big Ten championship because obviously whoever comes out of the East is the top and represents them is probably the best team and, and they're going to easily handle the Iowa or the Wisconsin or, you know, Northwestern, maybe a Minnesota, you know, they, they easily just beat them. So um, that, that, that's, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to if they're able to do this is probably a little bit more exciting big 10 championship games uh, in Lucas oil stadium. Cause you know, Indianapolis gets to host that a lot and uh, it's usually, you know, not always a great game. So uh, I think Michigan destroyed Iowa this past year, you know, how States obviously run through a lot of people as well. So, uh, that that would help out a lot, and you know I think I think it's good, you know, because you said like the Big Ten, you know, it 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 can be a fun football conference at, at times, you know, and it's not always not always pretty, you know, but I think 
having a little bit more balance, you know, making things a little bit more interesting in the middle of the league uh, could definitely make it more fun uh, at, po- at points during the season. So I, I think I like that for sure. All right, one other IU football note. I mentioned this in our headlines today, but I saw Indiana's had 25 departures to the transfer portal, which was second uh, according to a list that had been compiled by a football uh, writer that covers the transfer portal. Um, is that because the season didn't go well last year, wasn't near what was kind of predicted and maybe expected, so players are departing for other programs? Was that because of uh, the NCAA allowing extra scholarship players during the pandemic and teams have to get back down each year to a little closer to, to normalcy there or a combination of everything? I don't know if you saw that list, but what's your what's your remarks, your thoughts on Indiana having 25 players to the portal and being second overall in college football with the number of players that have headed to the portal? Yeah, it's definitely a combination of both those things. Um, but you think about, you know, heading into after 2020 season when Indiana went, you know, 6-1. and one, It was a really exciting year. They were in the top 10. Uh, they lost the bowl game. You know, they, they returned a lot of guys. Not a lot of guys left. You know, there were a couple of transfers here and there. They brought some guys in. Uh, they had some guys go, you know, leave, graduate, go freshly. But there wasn't a whole lot of turnover on that roster because the buy-in was, was all there. Uh, the excitement was still around, like this program could be really special heading into the, the, the following season. And I think just with going 2-10, and 10, everything got real sour. You know, injuries happened all over the place. I feel like a, a belief sort of started to die down a bit. Um, you know, it, it was systematically, I think people just started to get a little bit fractured. You know, and it's not to say it's completely, you know, the program's doomed and all that kind of stuff. But I think when, when anyone goes 2-10, and 10, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys who – you know, could have had opportunities that say, you know what, maybe I want to go somewhere else. And and obviously, you know, with the new with the rules now and how they're able to immediately go and be eligible elsewhere, uh, that that definitely plays a, a huge role in it as well. But you know, I, I I'm just not surprised by you know the, the probably the number, but I I do think Indiana has brought in a good amount of transfers as well. They brought in certain guys who who they heard they're hoping can you know help out in certain areas. So I think they kind of balanced that out. You know, they they last a lot, but I also think they gained a, a decent amount through the portal as well. So as long as you're able to kind of can't balance that a little bit and you're not one-sided losing a bunch of guys I mean that's probably a good way to go about it but yeah I mean I just think it's probably a combination of everything because you know going to intend it, it's tough you know you no, no one no one felt good about Indiana football at you know from October onward of, of last year and you know it was it was just kind of tough to, to to be in that and probably endure it after you had such high hopes and now it feels like you know What's our path forward? The quarterback we thought was going to be the guy is now gone, and all these dudes and you know the offensive coordinator was is fired, and all all these changes going on with the program. You know, it's not surprising that a lot of guys wanted to go elsewhere, try to make their names, and you know some guys have probably been in the program for a couple of years and haven't had the opportunities they might have wanted. So that's another reason why they decided to leave. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think it's it's pretty natural if you if you had that kind of season that that was tough. Um, you're just hoping they're able to kind of get get some of that steam back, get some of that momentum back that they had in 2020, um, because you know it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for sure. Because obviously this season, you know the the divisions are still set, so you're still playing that gauntlet of you know Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, those those teams. So you know you're just hoping it is hopefully can get back on track, and, and the new guys are bringing in. Um, I think I think they're they're supposed to be helpful. They're supposed to be you know make good additions. So we'll see what kind of happens there. But this is an important program uh, season for Indiana to kind of get the program right a little bit. Doesn't mean you you need to go you know eight and four or anything like that. But you need to you need to get the six wins. You need to get back to a bowl game. You need to get 
on the right track uh, to, to where you were before kind of everything went, uh, you know, went off the rails last year. So you're not too surprised by it, and uh, hopefully it doesn't affect anything. I don't think any of the players that, that transferred were – were super major, you know, super impactful. So, um, you know, I, Indiana also did get, you know, a decent amount of guys back. So you'll, you'll see some familiar faces on the field as well. So, you know, it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's the summer, you know, so, you know, football talks going to pick up a little bit, you know, for Indiana, this, this is a big year. They got to, they got to, you know, they got to get more two wins. That's for sure. And hopefully they can get back on track and get some momentum again. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune is my guest. Let's flip over to basketball now, and the top IU basketball story of the day is that Dexter Dennis, the outgoing Wichita State player in the transfer portal, who visited IU, which seems like forever ago when he first hit the portal, (laughs) is going to announce his decision today at 4 p.m. Now, there was a time that there seemed to be a lot of momentum for Dexter Dennis to IU. That was right after his visit to Bloomington. I don't expect him today to select Indiana just based on rumblings. I don't think anybody really knows where he's going, but it doesn't seem like IU is trending in the right direction with him. Do you have any read on Dennis and what his decision could be today? I will say I, I had the same, you know, I had the same kind of thing as you is, you know, once when he took that visit here, it seemed like it was like a done deal. Like, oh yeah, this guy's definitely coming to IU. Uh, but now, you know, it's 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 felt like forever and it's only been like a you know, two weeks maybe. I don't really know, but you know, and, and now uh, coming up here, decisions at four o'clock today. I think I, I just haven't seen that much excitement. I haven't seen a whole lot of people think, feeling like they're going to get it. And you know, I've seen some tweets about people hinting at like uh, I think it was Marquette, maybe I, I can't remember, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I still don't think the momentum is as strong as it was, but um, you know, that's just kind of where, where it seems like it is right now, and. You know, that could be a, a thing of, hey, maybe they think Trace is coming back or maybe he just thought, you know, he'd be a better fit going elsewhere. We don't really know, um, but I guess we'll find out. And, you know, you know if, if he does end up choosing IU, then, then that'll make things really interesting. I'm sure everyone's just going to assume that means Trace isn't coming back, um, but it could just mean, you know, he is going to come back and they'll, they'll be able to, to find a way to open up another scholarship spot. So we'll see how it plays out, but uh, it's definitely the momentum that, we thought it was a couple of weeks ago when he first visited. It doesn't seem like it's the same right now. So I don't expect him to commit to IU either. Uh, I'd be probably a little bit surprised, but I mean, I, I know he obviously did have a, a good experience here and, and it seemed like he'd be a, a good fit on the, on the roster, you know, an athletic guy who can defend really well. That's the kind of guys Mike Woodson wants, but I mean, you just, I mean, Indiana just has a lot of guys that, you know, I, th- I think deserve minutes this season and Dennis coming back would be another one. I mean, same as Trace. Trace coming back would be another big, big one, obviously. So uh, it's going to be no matter who, whether it's Dennis or Trace or both or neither, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Mike Woodson's going to have his hands full because there's a lot of guys who I think a lot of the fans are looking at the roster being like, yeah, this guy can play 15 minutes. Yeah, this guy, can play. you know, you go up and down it and you're pretty excited about some guys. So that's going to be interesting for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you where, you know, the, moment, the, the momentum and maybe the – the you know everything that was going toward Dexter Dennis coming to IU might not be as, as strong as it was a couple of weeks ago. And I saw Jeff Goodman with a tweet, his prediction yeah. on Dexter Dennis. I think he was maybe signaling Texas A and M. I'm not exactly sure there because I don't think Marquette is is in his final list. I can't even remember. It's been so long that this recruitment has been going on, but it just doesn't seem like IU is going to land him at 4 o'clock today, but we'll see how it goes. You brought up a lot about Trace Jackson Davis and the roster for next season. If Dennis 
doesn't choose IU today, and if Trace Jackson Davis, whether he does or doesn't come back to Indiana, the roster basically set. Um, Indiana would have a spot if Trace were to uh, head to the to the pros, and I believe I've got that right. I, I, with all the the portal stuff, it's hard to keep up with these days. But long story short, uh, Trace Jackson Davis obviously is going to be a focal point of this team next year if he returns. If Trace doesn't come back if he has a good combine and he keeps his name in and he doesn't come back to college basketball next year. All the momentum and the early ranking, and I know that they're ranking based on who's committed on the roster for next season, but does Indiana lose a lot of that or just a little bit of that if Trace doesn't come back? I think just a little bit, honestly, because you still have Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson. You know, those were two of your three best players from last season. Um, you're bringing in two five stars who uh, everyone is at least hopeful will will be able to you know be pretty impactful and play a lot. You know you have the development of guys like Bates and Geronimo taking another step in their in their young careers. I mean you still have a lot of really good pieces to where I think Indiana to still have a pretty good roster to have a pretty good season. Um, and you know obviously Trace in the eyes of people who are part of probably ranking things, you know his name just just alone would obviously boost Indiana up in, in terms of, you know, where you're going to put him in the standings, top 25, whatever you want to do, you know, his just having him back obviously would, would boost that up. But if he doesn't come back, I mean, I still think the roster Indiana has is, is really good and really solid and really talented. And, um, you know, I, I would still expect them to be, you know, projected, you know, in the, in the top half of the big 10 at least. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, th- I think Trace is, is having a pretty good experience right now. You got drafted or invited to like you know the NBA combine invite stuff like that. You know we we've all seen a lot more clips of him shooting threes, and you know you can say what you want. Obviously, it's just you know practice, not being guarded, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I I think it's a good experience for him to kind of get that feedback and and just kind of see where he's at. Um, and you know it's it's been funny because a lot of his teammates uh, keep going on Twitter and, and saying you know hey you know people want to know your decision, Trace. And you know I think you know. Yesterday, Fox College Hoop tweeted out like the the best one two punches coming back in in college basketball next year. You know they had uh, you know they had Wheeler and Sheway from Kentucky. They had Baycott and Love from North Carolina. Juzang and and uh, no not Juzang, Hawkes uh, and Campbell from UCLA. Um, and and Xavier Johnson quote tweeted it and was like Trace Jackson. Like people want to know like obviously implying that him and him and uh, Trace could be, you know, one of the best one-two combos, which I think everyone probably agrees with. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that means anything or if, if you know, that means he's going to come back or what, or they're just kind of try, trying to, you know, play poke fun at them saying, hey, man, decide quickly because we want to know. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I do think Indiana, regardless, whether they have Trace or they don't have Trace, um, should still have um, a, pr- a pretty good roster. And I, I do think stylistically – it might not be a, a terrible thing if, if Trace doesn't come back because then maybe you're not so focused on kind of post play. And I know Indiana sort of for, sort of unlocked a lot of things, you know, toward the end of the season, getting Trace more involved in ball screens, rolling to the basket, not doing as much kind of post up kind of stuff. So you know, we'll see. I'm just curious to see what happens. And uh, you know, I don't think any any decision Trace makes is probably going to be the best one for him. And uh, you know, it should be. Should be interesting, you know. I'm excited to kind of see when that when that happens and when that comes because I think everyone's pretty excited for the end of next season. Uh, whether or not he comes back, the roster should still be good enough to to be pretty competitive. I tell you what, it seems like with Trace, there's rumors of workouts with NBA teams, and he's right there on the cusp in the in the second round. I I just don't see getting 
any news on his uh, IU future, maybe until right at June 1st, the deadline. I think this is going to be something that IU fans sit on the very edge of their seat, and uh, there'll be a lot of drama and rumors around his decision, I think, until he actually makes it. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I feel like it's already kind of been like that. I mean, it felt like before he got, like, a draft invite or, you know, the combine invite, everyone was pretty dead set. Oh, Trace is coming back. No way he's going to go. And then, you know, when, when, when you know, when De- Dennis was visiting and all these guys were visiting, like, oh, Trace is 100% leaving. You know, people have already been back and forth on it a lot. And I, I think he's going to take as much time as he needs, you know, and, you know, and that's going to – you know, it's going to leave everybody kind of at the edge of the seats waiting. You know, they want to know badly, you know, if they're going to have the All-American type player back on the on the roster. But, um, you know, he's get, he's getting pretty good feedback right now. You know, I know, you know, Mike Schmidt's kind of the ESPN guy for the NBA and the talent evaluator. You know, he's been see, looking at Trace. He's been visiting Trace and having some work and, like, watching him work out and stuff like that. So uh, I think this is a really cool experience for him. And, you know, obviously the – the ultimate goal of all these guys growing up was was to get to the NBA. So for him to kind of go through this process and get you know some pretty important feedback, uh, it's probably the best for him. So you know it's gonna be, it's gonna be cool for him. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's probably gonna be all the way up until is, is it June first? Is that like is that when it is? So he's got what another couple of weeks here? Or, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, so so yeah, I feel like he'll like you said he'll probably take it to the to the very last minute before we know what he's gonna do. All right, uh, Dylan, uh, let's uh, one more IU basketball topic before I want to get to some Hoosier Hills Conference stuff with you. Um, for uh, for IU, they're going to have a TVT, the basketball tournament, $2 million winner-take-all prize package, which has really kind of caught on if you're uh, a basketball nut like I think a lot of us are. It's in the middle of the summer where there's not really – uh, much basketball on TV outside of maybe the NBA playoffs to a certain point. Uh, but IU's going to have an alumni team. And a lot of schools in recent seasons have had alumni teams. And you always wonder, wow, with the following and fan base that IU has and a lot of guys that are playing uh, overseas or that are capable of still playing at a pretty high level, why does Indiana not have – some sort of alumni team, but they're going to have a team. It's uh, Assembly Ball, B-A-L-L. I like the play on Assembly Hall. And uh, Devontae Green is the only announced player so far, although I'm sure that we're going to get some additional announce- announcements here soon on the roster. I'll be really curious to see who's on this team and how competitive they can be. It's going to be great for the TBT, first of all, because of just the interest of all these IU fans wanting to see these guys play together is going to be pretty high, especially, as you said, during a time of year where there's not much going on, you know, and, and you know, they're, they could be on the TV. And I think, you know, they even have some games in like a, a Columbus, Ohio regional, so it's pretty close. So, you know, IU fans could probably go and watch some of these former players, you know, be able to play with each other. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just always remember – you know, seeing a bunch of players would tweet about it in the past and, you know, the teams would never get made. But now, as you said, you know, it's finally happening. And, you know, I, I know Purdue's got a team. Uh, I think Syracuse has a team. A, a lot of, a lot of you know, former college, you know, guys have kind of have their own teams. And for Indiana, it's going to be awesome, you know. With Devontae, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Maurice Creek goes on it. You know, he's back in, in the area playing on the, the Modora Timberjacks. Um in the in the TBL, uh, you know, I think Derek Elston tweeted that he's interested. 
you know, I've just I, it just seems like a bunch of these guys. Colin Hartman, I think, is one to tweet. He's injured, so there's gonna be a lot of guys who probably want to come play on this team. And uh, I think it's gonna be awesome for IU fans to be able to see all these dudes kind of play with each other. And uh, it's definitely gonna make for kind of a fun summer, you know, watching experience, viewing experience. If you go watch them, if you just watch them on TV, because you know, it's, it, I, you know, it's, it's awesome and it's really fun to watch, especially all these guys who you remember from different IU teams, different eras playing with each other uh, i think it's gonna be a really cool thing and um you know they're gonna get a good following you know indiana fans are, are crazy and they always want to you know keep up with this kind of stuff so it's gonna it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be exciting and i'm, I'm definitely interested to kind of watch i think it's gonna be really cool definitely uh, dylan wallace is my guest dylan um you cover in your new job or newer job since we've had you on you started as an IU beat writer, and I don't keep uh, a very watchful eye still on all things IU, but you, you cover a lot of high school sports in Jackson County. Uh, of course, Seymour, a member, a longtime member of the Hoosier Hills Conference, and tonight we're set for a Hoosier Hills Conference baseball championship game between New Albany and Jennings County that we'll have on 970 a.m. tonight, beginning with a pregame coverage at 550. But I know it's been a busy week across the board for the conference, track meets, uh, tennis, baseball, softball, and I know you've been out a number of nights this week at high school events. Uh, a big week uh, for these Hoosier Hills Conference competitions, signaling that the end of the regular season is near and spring sports postseason is almost here, which means the end of the school year is almost here. Yeah, it's all going to be crammed in really fast, all hectic, you know, sectionals or conference meets, conference tournaments. They've all started this week. You know, we've got sectionals next week. Um, and I'll tell you what, I was uh, on Wednesday, I was out, I was covering a, a tennis match at Seymour, but I was also, you know, I had a camera with me, so I was shooting, I shot some tennis and I went over to shoot some baseball because Seymour was hosting New Albany. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, that Tucker Bivin is something else. I mean, I was, I, I watched a, a couple innings and man, he, you know, there were guys with radar guns there and, and one, I think he clocked in a, a 94 and uh, he was just he was throwing some heat, and, uh, you know, Seymour could not get a hit on him. I was taking pictures of the Seymour guys batting, and it's really funny because every 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 picture I have where the ball is in it, um, you could tell they're just fouling the ball off because they only got one hit the entire game. And all the all the hit are the, the swings where the balls are hit. You're telling it like it's a foul ball. It's hitting off the bat weird. Because uh, he, he was just spectacular uh, on Wednesday against Seymour. I know I think he's committed to go to Louisville to play baseball. Uh, he was just – he was, he was really fun to watch. You know, I, I saw him have an inning where, uh, you know, the bases got loaded with two outs. Seymour um, was kind of threatening to score, and, you know, he got out of it. So, you know, he was, a, he was really impressive. And I, I know I, had, I was hoping I was, I was able to bring this up today because I know a lot of people probably down there are, are excited to kind of hear that, and they probably all know how good he is anyways. But, yeah, if, if he's pitching tonight against Jennings County, uh, good luck to the Panthers because uh, that, that's going to be he's, – he's, he's tough to beat. So that, that was a fun thing I got to see on, on Wednesday even – just to kind of go over there and take a couple pictures. But, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time for sure. And, you know, spring sports, they, you know, with, with rainouts at the, at the beginning of the spring and all this kind of stuff, you know, everything feels like it's so crammed into a tight span. And uh, it's about to pick up here. And uh, I'm really excited, though. I mean, sectionals is, is always kind of the most fun uh, for all these teams. You know, you, you hope, you know, the teams you cover are able to hoist that trophy up, you know, for the sake of photos and stories. But uh, it, it's fun to follow for sure. And, uh, you know, I was at the Hoosier Hills Conference track meet uh, last night, Floyd Central had a pretty dominant display at, at, at there, you know, winning the boys' meet. So uh, it's a it's a fun time of year for sure. It's a busy time of year, but 
you know, I, I think I think it's great, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. There's so many there's so many spring sports, and uh, to be able to get out to all of them, whether it's golf, tennis, track, softball, baseball, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's always fun to kind of see see them and, and see all the teams out there and see who's good from where and all that kind of stuff. So exciting time for sure, and uh, you know, I'm sure you know there's going to be a lot of a lot of fun stories, a lot of fun coverage coming up in the next few weeks. I think it's uh, interesting you brought up Tucker Biven. First, I don't think he or unfortunately. Uh, the Vogel uh, player will pitch tonight for Jennings County. Vogel committed to IU, uh, Biven committed to U of L. I think both of those guys have played together in, in travel, high level travel baseball before, been teammates. But uh, it should be a good game regardless tonight. Jennings County, I know, has had a, a good season, and the Hoosier Hills Conference baseball lineup is is tough each and every year. But the thing you brought up about Biven, obviously, he's a great pitcher and a great high school baseball player, and he's got a bright future ahead of him, whether it's at Louisville or the pros or who knows, but anytime he's pitching, or at least the starting pitcher, when the scouts know it's worth their time to make the trip, it doesn't matter where the game's at, local or not, uh, and there's normally a lot more than five there, but they'll have, as you said, radar guns up for every pitch, uh, they'll step to the side and get a side view of uh, they video, uh, I guess, his pitching motion. Uh, and then it's the, if it's a game he doesn't finish, and I know the Seymour game, he went the, the distance the other night, but if it's a game he doesn't finish, uh, as soon as he throws his last pitch, you see them all get up and slowly make their way out of the, <laughs> out of the baseball stadium. So uh, he's got some interesting times ahead. He's going to go to the MLB Combine. Uh, in June out in San Diego, I believe, is where it's located uh, at the MLB park there. And then he'll it'll be interesting to see. Is he's either going to Louisville and he'll be there for a handful of seasons or uh, he'll get drafted and it'll be an offer that he, he likes and accepts. So some interesting time ahead for him. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens tonight without Biven and without Vogel for uh, these two teams and see who can come up with the championship. So good stuff, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think there were six scouts there uh, Wednesday. So yeah, you're right. Usually more than five. I think there were six of them there. I think I was standing next to one of them actually. I was on I was on the side taking pictures, and I think he was wearing like a Milwaukee Bucks mm. pullover. So I don't know. I didn't I didn't really talk to him, but uh, yeah, I think he was one of them for sure. So yeah, it was uh it, it was fun to watch, and uh, you know I New Albany also had some some pretty good bats going. Uh, I know you know Seymour didn't have their they weren't throwing their best pitcher, who's Aiden Birdside. He's pretty good as well. But, uh, you know, they had Brett Perry on the mound, and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a quarterback from the football team. But, yeah, I mean, New Albany was hitting the ball really well, too. Uh, you know, they had, uh, one guy had, like, a two-run homer, I think. So, yeah, they, they were hitting it well. You know, they're, they're a tough team to beat. So, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've seen Jennings this year, actually. But um, just from what I saw Wednesday, I would probably say New Albany tonight. But we'll see. You know, as you said, Hoosier Hills Conference is, is usually pretty good and pretty competitive. And, in a lot of sports, so it uh, should be a good one tonight, and uh, I'm sure you guys will have a good call of it. And the good news is we get to see the same teams outside of Columbus East hook up in a couple weeks down the line in the 4A sectional, which is also going to be played at Jennings County. Dylan Wallace, sports yep. editor of the Seymour Tribune, he joins me Friday. Uh, Kyle Nedenrip uh, had something come up. He's going to be unable to join us. That's why I took Dylan's segment a little longer. So, Dylan, I appreciate the flexibility. Always enjoy our chats on IU and local sports, and we'll do it again next Friday. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. All right, we'll head to a commercial break, come back with a quick final segment. I've got a couple interesting notes on uh, some IU recruits, including uh, a real big target, Xavier Booker. So I'll tell you about that when we return in our final segment of the week. It'll be a quick one. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Real quick segment here to close out the week. A couple things I wanted to pass along. Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups in the 2023, the rising senior class commitments to IU. They have been invited to the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp that's going to be held in Orlando in the month of June. Also, Xavier Booker from Indianapolis Cathedral, who's a big target of IU and so many other programs, he also has been invited to that camp. In fact, I'm reading now that Booker has uh, been invited to the uh, USA Under-18 training camp to be held in uh, late May into early June as well. That's down in Houston. So his recruitment continues to skyrocket and uh, another big opportunity ahead for Booker. Don't forget to join us tonight at 6 o'clock on 970 for the Hoosier Hills Baseball Championship game. I'll be back with you Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.